You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School, episode 85, Plants and Feng Shui. Welcome to the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. If you've been listening to us for a while or you're a newbie, welcome. And we hope you enjoy this earlier episode. So this episode, we're talking, uh, it's kind of a follow-up to episode 82, where we had the spring equinox challenge, Well, um, where we challenged all of you to get three plants and put it in one Bagua area. And by the way, um, why don't you check in with how that's going for yourself and, and um, let us know. But at least check in with yourself. You don't have to let us know, but check, let yourself know how it's going. Um, so as a follow-up, Laura and I just love plants and we love nature. So we wanted to share our favorite plants that we actually have in our homes mm-hmm. and talk a little bit about the plant, um, some plants that we've selected to share and, and their feng shui applications. And, um, and before we start, maybe we should talk about um, the whole spiky plants yes. actually that's start yeah because that? that could be one of my plants i ha- i do i did write down the ones that I. okay why don't you start with, with that but i do love this plant and i do have this plant so uh snake plant or often referred to as mother-in-law's tongue which i think is not very fair and uh <laughs> but we'll call it snake plant it's the one that oh and also it's also called maybe, bird's nest yeah okay it basically looks like swords coming a green and yellow swords coming out of a plant it's quite tight it's it, it goes straight up people give it a bad rap first of all first of all let's just back it up just a little bit there, yeah, the spiky plant thing. I think or that there is covers like cactuses, yeah, and aloe, so. and other things. I think they be, they get a bad rap, and I think that you're looking at it too narrowly if you think that that's what you should take away from that. So, I see these plants that are spiky as being amazing ways to cut through negative energy. Just to put it simply, so if you have a spot where you're feeling that something isn't great or you're feeling that the energy is negative in some way. I love the snake plant, for instance, because again, it's like a sword that it's cutting through negative energy. It's also going straight up. So that energy, that growing energy is up, straight up, like, you know, directing upwards, which is what we always want to do. We want to lift the chi up. So spiky plants and pointy plants, they get a bad rap and they should not because they have a place. Absolutely. Well, I have a slightly different take on it. So it's a very common question, like which plants are good feng shui? And then people get really bent out of shape about like, oh no, like cactus or- Don't have a cactus in your bedroom. But, and I agree with Laura for the most part, but my, my take on it's slightly different. So basically if you're reading a book or a blog and- I, th- this includes my book and my blogs. You can only, you have to give really top line general information because you're not working with someone one-on-one. 
And at least here, like we're talking, we're having a conversation so I can explain a little bit more. But I do try to explain this in, in my blog posts, like on the Spruce. But in general, if you are adding a plant for a feng shui purpose, like with the feng shui challenge we talked about last week, then in general, the guideline is, yes, you want to stay with soft, not pointy, sharp plants, not thorny plants, no plants with needles. You want to have soft, rounded leaves. That's, that's going to be your general guideline. But in no way is that a rule because there are many cases where, number one, like Laura said, there's a time and place for fierce energy. Fierce, I like that. Yeah. There's a time and place for that fierce energy of a sword to cut through things. There's also times when we need to be a little bit more protective, maybe. And that sort of a spiky, sharp plant could serve that purpose. And then there's a whole part about a plant doesn't have, not everything in your house has to be a feng shui adjustment. Mm -hmm. So you can have something in your house because you love it, but it's not a, it's, you're not putting it for a feng shui purpose. Now, if you did the feng shui challenge and you put your plants in the relationship area to attract a relationship, maybe picking like three little cactus aren't, or mm -hmm. cacti isn't the best idea if you're already a real like sharp prickly. person anyway. <laughs> prickly person. Prick, prickly person, yeah. Or, or maybe it's good that you, maybe you did that and then you realize, oh, maybe that gives mm. you some insight on why you're looking for a relationship. Yeah, that's so a good, always, that's a good takeaway to examine. Yeah, there's always a reason and there's always something to look at and it's never wrong. Um, but so that's like the long, not it could, the answer could even get longer, but um, it's okay. So now we're going to move on to more. Replants. That's okay. It's okay, important. So mother-in-law's tongue is also great because I like it in the bedroom because it absorbs, it really, it releases oxygen at night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's oh, one of the good ones. Yeah. That one should, is a good one. Yeah. We should also talk about the one other thing about plants that people. The, oh yes. Do it. <laughs> so um, there's a lot the of. Second like, most popular question. The second most plant popular question is can you have plants in the bedroom? So, you know, there's dozens and dozens of schools of feng shui. And the one that we practice is called BTB. And from my personal experience and from our teachers, it's perfectly okay. In fact, it's often recommended to have plants in the bedroom. Now, if you, for some reason, like, you know, test it out, like these are all guidelines. So if you have a lot of trouble sleeping and you think it's because of the plant that you have in your bedroom and you take it out and you sleep better, then do it. But personally, I have tons of plants in my bedroom and it's never been a problem. But we encourage you, test it out. And whether it's the plant or not, you're sleeping better. Who cares? Yeah, I would say you have to have an awful lot of plants in your bedroom for it to affect the CO2 levels, if that's what you've read or heard. The other one is that plants, I think I've read this, that they deplete your own chi, which I don't, I'm, I just don't get that. No. They are little chi machines. There's no way they're taking your chi. And yeah. I think that goes back to what Angie said a couple of episodes ago about how plants, they are giving. They are, they are not takers, they are givers. So mm -hmm. I would not, I, I would never think that. But I think it's about balance. If you're living in a greenhouse in your bedroom, you need to readjust, <laughs> obviously, because, you know, dead leaves, all that kind of stuff that can have detritus, it, that's not great. But if you're, if it's nice and clean and, and your plants are well taken care of and you have, you know, 
whatever the amount you think. I, to be honest, I have yet to see somebody that has gone so crazy with plants that I would tell them to stop. It's generally pretty balanced and it's not an issue in my mind Mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I also love the snake plant. So I recently got one of the very popular or two of the most popular plants right now, very trendy ones. I got the fiddlehead fern. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. I did get a small one because it wasn't yeah. it was inexpensive, less expensive. The big ones are, a bit, a bit yeah, pricey, they can yeah. be quite a lot. But I'm very excited to see that it's top of it sprouting a new new leaf. Mm-hmm. But it's quite finicky. It is. Yeah, but the positive thing about having a finicky plant is that it requires you to pay attention. Mm-hmm. So it helps to cultivate self care. And not to give up on something. And then in turn, that teaches you not to give up on other people, not to give up on yourself, because you don't want people to give up on you either. So it cultivates a lot of kindness and you have to pay attention to it. Yeah. I have one as well. I do love it. They are beautiful. They're ficus. So anytime, ficus are sometimes finicky when you move them into a new spot. So as you said, be patient with them. Give them a chance to get used to the new environment. Yes. And sometimes you do need to find the right spot for them. Light-wise, I find that sometimes too much light. Some people say they need tons and tons. I've found that, you know, decent indirect has been pretty good for them. But yes, I do love those. They are pretty. And the other trendy plant that I got is a monstera. Mm. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. So, or the Swiss cheese plant, which is quite gorgeous. It's a tropical, and they are on the pricey side, but you deserve it. And- yeah, it's, well, and they'll last. But the thing is, you'll have that plant for twenty. Like if you, my, I, my grand, we still have my grandmother's because uh-huh. she trained it to go up a, you know, moss thing, uh-huh. and we still, it's been passed on. When she passed on, my aunt has it. It's traveled with our family those plants. And I love the heart-shaped leaves mm-hmm. also. So it it would be great like for instance if you did the feng shui challenge and you wanted to activate your your relationship area whether that means to deepen or improve a current relationship or to invite a new romantic relationship the heart-shaped leaf is doubly invites that kind of energy. Yes. Yeah. And for those of you that are listening to this and maybe didn't hear the the feng shui challenge that we gave you guys, just go back to episode 82. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Laura and I were making a joke before we started this, uh, recording this, where um, you said you have the workhorse plants. I have workhorse plants. You have fancy plants. (laughs) I'm a fancy plant. I have have workhorse plants that I got. I'm not going to lie to you. One of them I got, actually, I think both of them I got at Ikea for $20. And they've been with me now for five years, both of them. And uh, I, it, this also reflects a little bit differently in terms of our homes. I, uh, Angie lives in New York and space is at a premium. I live in the country. I have lots of room so I can have ginormous plants. So I have an areca palm, which is that traditional palm that spreads out. And what I do in the summertime, it lives outside on my deck in the summertime, and then it comes inside for the wintertime. It takes up an entire corner of my home in my dining room. And Oh yeah, I have no room for that. Yeah. And the reason I love it, for those of you that do have big blank spaces, what I would use it for the feng shui adjustment when I tell clients that I go to their homes, if you have a stagnant forgotten corner, or you have an area of the home that you want to fill with that new energy, this is the great plant for that. They do oh, what a need great some idea. light. They do need some light. 
They don't need direct light. They need a bright area, but not indirect light. And I find that it's just, it's filled that spot. And I actually put little twinkle lights on mine now. So it's really activated that what I felt was a quite stagnant area of my home. Yeah. Because that's something in feng shui that there's these forgotten corners where the chi collects and it's a dead corner. So putting putting a plant there adds life energy. I have, if you have a smaller place like me, I use the Peace Lily mm-hmm. for that purpose because it's a lot smaller. Although mine's I've had for quite some time, a couple decades now, so it's getting pretty big. And But the Peace Lily is really easy to care for. It is. It is one of the easiest ones, I think. And I think it also is one of, as well as the Eureka Palm, in terms of what you're saying, fresh in the air, mm-hmm. the Peace Lily and the Eureka Palm are both big, yes. They are workhorses for converting CO2 and oxygen and really filtering the air. And it takes not just that, but it takes out so many toxins. And there's a, there's um, I think a NASA, NASA listing. Study. Yeah, the NASA yeah. study. They go through all of them. I also have an article on my blog and on the spruce as well, where yeah. I go through the best plants for air quality. So that's my one. And my second one, well, I have three, but my second one is rubber plant, which is a type of ficus. Oh, I have that one too. Oh, okay. See, which is a type of ficus. Again, I would say they grow quite large if you repot them once a year or when you're feeling that they need to be repotted. They don't require a lot of care, but they do like to be watered pretty regularly. But once a week is what I do. And I just make sure that the soil doesn't get too, too dry. And indirect light. And what I love about, and I have this in my wealth area, because I love those big, almost purple leaves. They look purpley, like the dark greeny, and they've got straight, like reddish purple stripies to them, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the variety. Yeah, there are different varieties. And for me, I know that's not really coin shaped, but it is. It's like these big, smooth leaves, and it's got that kind of green purple tint. tint and yeah. I just thought it was perfect for wealth. So that's where well, I yeah, because the purple is the color of the wealth area. And then they're very hearty leaves. And like you said, the smoothness of it is kind of gives you a feeling of smooth chi and very Mm -hmm. hefty. The rubber plant that I have is actually um, my friend who has a very successful blog in Habitat. And when she moved to San Francisco, she gave me hers. So it was a gifted tree, right? A gifted plant, which actually has her really positive, good chi that I was able to bring into my home because when you receive anything secondhand or that belonged to someone else, it holds the energy of the predecessor, the previous owner. So that's a great thing. Yeah, I love that for the abundance area. One that I really love, a plant that not a lot of people think are plants are orchid plants. Mm, Yes. And it makes me so sad when people just dispose of the plant after the blooms are gone because actually they can rebloom annually, which I think it's really, it's like such a treat when you see that it's reblooming and, and it's a living thing and you just, some people just throw them out, but orchids are great. And if you are looking for a partner mm-hmm. in feng shui, it's recommended to get a purple orchid plant for your nightstand to invite a noble upright partner. Mm-hmm graceful partner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my last plant is also a flowering plant I decided to pick and it's something I bring into my home and then I'll plant it outside afterwards or I'll nurture it so that it reflowers, but it's it is considered a an annual 
in colder climates, and then in warmer climates, it is a perennial. It's a, the Gerbera, Gerbera daisy, and obviously a lot of people know it for its cut flowers, but I like to buy it as a potted plant with the flowers in it. And I do it when I need a very specific boost for a particular gua. And because it is like a Crayola crayon box of different kinds of colors you can get with it, right? So you can, if I want to adjust the center of the home, I will get a yellow Gerbera daisy. If I want to adjust my fame and reputation area, I will get a red Gerbera daisy. And it generally flowers for four to six weeks. And I do keep it. And then what I'll do is hopefully it'll flower again, but most likely I'll plant it in my garden in the summer and then it will. It'll last for the summer, but then it will pass and it'll you know die down. So that's it. And it comes in so many colors. So that's, that's why also, I picked that one. And the Gerbera daisy is also one that's on the NASA list for it. It is. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. Okay. And then my last one is also one of the new hip ones. It's the Chinese coin plant, but I don't know how to say this. Do you know how to say it? It's no. Hep- Okay. Pepperonium? Is that what it sounds like? Pepperoni? No, yeah, that's sound, not- it looks like pepperoni. They look like green pepperonis. It's Pelea pepperami, pepperum, pre- pepper- pepperomium? <laughs> Good enough. Something like that. Yeah, something pepperoni. <laughs> or the Chinese money plant. Or, but yeah, the millennials know. So I just got one of these and I actually like, they're not that easy to find. They're also mm-hmm. kind of expensive too. So I found one and I actually carried it from Los Angeles because it was pretty inexpensive at a Trader Joe's there because they didn't have it at the Trader Joe's here. But it's it's so adorable. They're like mm-hmm. little UFOs. They're cute. And they're really cute. They're pretty easy too. Like they don't, they're not finicky. Super easy. Yeah. And of course, the fact that they're a Chinese money plant. So the idea is that their leaves are coin shaped. So it's like you're, it's mimicking money or prosperity. So it's a great one for the wealth area. And it's also wonderful because they're really easy to propagate and you can share them. So the more, and the more wealth and prosperity you share, the more that you can receive. So it's a really great one. Palea peppera, pep, I don't know, Chinese money plant. <laughs> and then I, last but not least, I wanted to share one last plant that I have. I mean, I have more, but I have the golden pothos, mm-hmm. which is definitely a workhorse. In fact, mm-hmm. the one that I have, I've had since I first moved to New York and it was a housewarming gift. And it's been in a ground floor apartment. Mm-hmm. It's it it's They're impossible it's, to kill. You can't. It's almost yeah. impossible to mm-hmm. kill. And in fact, I've been able to gift. It's really easy to make cuttings. So it's you can gift it. You can propagate it. But it also hangs in there. So it teaches you a lot about longevity, about sticking it out. About it's very forgiving too. It's very forgiving. Yeah, it teaches you forgiveness. forgiveness. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, I've been gone. Because you're like, oh my God, it's bone dry. How are you still alive? <laughs> yeah, and it's been bone, and it was bone dry, you know, for a long time. Because I ha- I got this plant like in my late 20s when I was partying a lot, and you know, who c- cared about plants? And in this dark apartment with no sunlight, it was still there for me. So it's 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 been it's an a old friend, loyal, <laughs> a loyal, loyal plant. Anyhow, you have any more? You no, that's it. That's it. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. I think we got a lot in there. Yeah. That's a lot. So, Mm -hmm. um, okay. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening and thank you so much for listening to this earlier episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. 
Now you can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share the podcast with others. Subscribe and even better, leave a review. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, please visit our website, online store, and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living. You can visit holisticspaces.com. Support the podcast by checking out our certification and mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.